Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Digital Nomad World weekly series. I'm Becky, and I'll be your host, as always. And today, I'm very excited to be talking about Chiang Mai, Thailand as a digital nomad destination with my guest, Elliot Snay. Elliot, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Excited to be here. I'm excited to get your take on this amazing city. It's I have to say, and would you agree, it is probably the OG original location for digital nomads. I refer to it as the most underrated food city in the world, but you could call it that as well. <laughs> yeah, can't wait to talk about that too. All right, so first, can you tell me about your background and how you ended up in Chiang Mai, Thailand? Yeah, you know, <clears throat> um, I think people probably have more interesting stories, but background, I graduated from uh, my university with a degree in literature, which doesn't scream, uh, here's jobs. Uh, and after a little bit working in advertising, I just felt kind of really disassociated with the nine to five life. And like most people who are probably listening to this are looking for something different. Um, and at the time, the best reason that I could say I came to Chiang Mai in Southeast Asia was I had no money. Um, and yeah, and so I kind of started looking at, okay, Thailand, Vietnam, not totally sure like how I got down to those two. Um, I got an international TEFL certificate and I believe that the staff there kind of guided me towards that. Um, and my plan was to do six months in Chiang Mai, six months in Hanoi, Vietnam. Now I arrived in Chiang Mai, middle of September, 2019. And you can do the math of what happened six months after that. And here I am four years later. Wow. Yeah. Uh, what a difference you've seen as you've been there, but you've made it through and that says a lot. So let's get, let's get right into it about Chiang Mai. Um, when you arrive, do you know how, okay, I know this changes a lot actually, but do you know that currently how long most people can stay without a visa when they first arrive? And is it okay to do visa runs? Can you explain how that would work? Yeah. Okay. So obviously this is like the number one thing on people's mind. Um, I believe now it's 45 days upon arrival, I believe. And I am also, I'm speaking from an American passport. So obviously check um, 45 days upon arrival, and then you can extend for 15 days. Following that, you can do up to two border runs per calendar year. So that's January to December, right? Um, so for me, I arrived in September. I ended up doing four pretty much from September to March. Um, you can also do international trips, things like that. I mean, I've heard stories of people staying on tourist visas for the amount of times that would shock you. Um, but there are a lot of different visa options, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it. A lot of those do require quite a bit of work and participation in whatever activity it may be. Yeah. And I know the cost of those visas goes up. And of course, that's correlated yeah. to how long you're allowed to stay. So there's a lot of options in Thailand. I think it is one of the countries with the most options for people looking to stay long. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think, though, I think what we see popping up is a lot of these like digital nomad type visas. Um, Thailand is not there yet, and I don't foresee it coming. Um, but that's just me. Gotcha. OK, while we're on the topic of arriving, when is the best time to be in Chiang Mai in the calendar year? Okay, so there is a uh, there's a funny saying that there's always an excuse not to go somewhere because of the weather in Chiang Mai, um, which is funny to us coming from the West because we think the weather is beautiful, but 
Um, some people think it's too hot, it's too cold, it's it's too it's too rainy, it's too smoky. I would say the only time you really want to avoid Chiang Mai is during the burning season, where a lot of the the mushroom farmers specifically will burn their crops. It makes the air incredibly unhealthy, incredibly. That happens April, March, April, hopefully stops by May. Um, September to February is stunning. It is low 60s Fahrenheit at night, doesn't get above 85 Fahrenheit during the day. Um, the summertime is our rainy season, which I personally love. Uh, it rains every single day. And Chiang Mai is the most beautiful in the rain, right? It's where you see the mountains. But most of us who drive motorbikes, you'll find yourself canceling a lot of social plans because of the rain. So kind of gives and takes a little. Okay. When you're talking about rain in the rainy season, how long does it rain during the day, typically? Okay. So I will say that um, it, it, it depends. I will say generally we're looking probably maybe the end of June till the middle of September is kind of the peak. Right now, we're kind of in the heat of it. You'll get weeks like this week where it's dry. Last week, I think it rained upwards of six to seven hours a day for a week straight. It depends. We get a lot of storms coming down from China. I am not a meteorologist. Don't ask me how that works. But uh, it kind of depends on what's going on um, in the region and things like that. But we'll get really hard, aggressive rain in very short spurts. Um, so it comes and it goes, you know, when you're driving on the highway and the next thing you know, you're as wet as a swimming pool. So, um, but I think it's the most beautiful time to be in the city personally. Um, okay, so you've arrived, you're on the right visa, hopefully, you know how long you're gonna stay. And when you get there, is there anything you should bring with you that is difficult to find in Thailand? You know, I think the wonderful part about it being 2023, the answer to that would be no. Um, however, however, I would say the one thing when I go back to the US, I load up on personal care products. So things like face washes you like, toothpaste you like, uh, deodorants you like, um, things like that. Obviously they have access to all that here, but it can be quite different, especially a lot of the lotions and things like that. Most of them have brightening features because of beauty trends here. Um, so you got to be careful about that. So I would say, honestly, toiletries and candy is like the number one thing I get from the U.S. when I'm there. But candy, that's more of a me thing. Uh, too. And I, I don't know a lot of people that are nomads that are like carton wine across borders, but I know that wine in particular wine. is quite expensive in Thailand, right? That's across the country, not just Chiang Mai. Yeah. So I will say, okay, so expensive in relation to everything else, right? Like it's not like you're paying 50 US dollars for a cheap bottle of wine, but compared to the price of everything else in Thailand, it's in a different universe. You know, you're paying, you know, whereas you go to a, a, a bar and you buy a beer, maybe $2 or something like that. You're paying five, six, seven times the price for a glass of wine. Maybe okay. sometimes, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. But it's great to hear that beyond the toiletries, the medications, I'm sure that you may need, you've got you've got almost everything you need in Chiang Mai. And just so I, people know that that don't haven't been before, how far is the airport from the city in Chiang Mai? Chiang Mai. Okay. So Chiang Mai, and hopefully the uh, city planner doesn't come attack me. It's not the best planned city in the world. Um, so things may not be that far away, but it may take you a bit of time to get there. Um, you're talking, and when you talk main city, the beautiful photo behind you would be the old city, which is likely what you're referring to, kind of the hot spot of, of touristy things going on. 
10 to 15 minutes max. I do love that about Chiang Mai. I generally, as a note, I always love a city where the airport is close yeah. to the, the action. I just criticized it and then told you 15 minutes. That tells you I've been here too long. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we arrived, we got out of the airport, we got to the, the action. And then where should we look for accommodation when we're staying in Chiang Mai? Let's say as a nomad, you want to stay a bit longer term. Airbnb, hotels, what's the, so, what's the way to do so it there? Okay, that's a great, great question. So personal experience, Airbnb is available. Hotels are available. Short-term stay is available. Um, personal experience, I find hotels to be a much better value here than Airbnb. There are an immense amount of hotels here, and they're very high quality, and they're very cheap. And they're very diverse in what you're looking for, right? You have really nice high society they call here modern hotels, or you have your Northern Thai style architecture, beautiful wood statues. You really have all of that sort of mixed together. Um, I would say if I were an expat, if I could go back and do it again from day one, I would stay in a hotel for a week and then begin to look for an apartment. And if I can talk about that process for just 30 seconds or so, um, vastly different from at least my from the US, my home country, the process of arriving looking for an apartment, getting the keys, signing a lease and moving into an apartment is all can all be done in one day, which is kind of crazy to think for all of us who have, you know, waited weeks for a lease and this approval and this signing. Um, the best way to find apartments here is Facebook. And it's, it was strange to me when I arrived because I only use Facebook to comment like on my stepmother's photo, she tagged me. Um, but now it, Facebook here is a tool that is used pretty much really freely as a marketplace, obviously, as restaurants have it, bars have it. That's where they post everything. Um, and so apartment buildings will generally post listings on Facebook and Facebook groups through sort of independent agents. So go to Facebook. You can also do it the old school way, the 2019 way walk from apartment building to apartment building and ask them what they have available within three hours you can have your keys moving in that is incredible and i think that has to be one major reason that chiang mai became such an early hot spot for digital nomads in addition to the prices of course yeah and so the process is is, is certainly easy probably if you went back to 2019 me i would tell you it was a big pain in the butt but looking back it was very easy yeah Gotcha. On the subject of Airbnb, is is it actually legal in Chiang Mai? Because the first time I went to Chiang Mai, I did what you said about staying in a place for about a week, but I chose an Airbnb and it was actually in a hotel and there were signs in the elevator like Airbnb is not allowed. And I was like, wait, am I doing the wrong thing here? So it's funny because I think I know what hotel you're talking about unless my years are totally off. Um, but I believe that Airbnb is legal, but I believe that maybe within hotels or apartment buildings, they would outlaw that. So for example, if I owned a condo and wanted to Airbnb it, it may not be allowed in my specific condo. Personally, I've never Airbnb'd in Chiang Mai for obvious reasons, um, but I do know people that do um, Airbnb and I've Airbnb'd other places in Thailand. So I can't imagine the laws would be different, but of course I can't be sure. Okay. And we are recording this in summer 2023. I have heard, and I don't know if you can speak to this, I've heard it's getting harder if you want to come in after September, let's say from November onwards, which becomes a popular time to get there. You need to start booking your longer term accommodation in places that are like advertising on their websites earlier and earlier. 
I have a friend that like tried to book three months in advance in her favorite building and it was not available for that season. Do you know if it's getting harder? You know, that wouldn't surprise me. So it just, in in kind of a a larger scale, um, we kind of expected a massive boom after COVID and I don't have the numbers in front of me. I, it doesn't feel as big as far as Western tourists go. Eastern tourists and other Asian tourists, especially really, really popular since China has changed their laws. We're getting a massive influx, uh, influx of Chinese tourists, um, a massive influx of Korean tourists. Um, as far as booking accommodation, I would say the popular advertised place places, that's during peak season. That's when people love to come here. That would not surprise me at all. Um, and I know we'll, 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 I'm sure we'll get into day trips, but I quite like to take day night trips out in the mountains. And this time of year, those places are really heavily booked. Yeah. So I think it very, I would say from now or September up until about February, you probably should have backup options, especially if you're looking at a place that's popular, that's advertised, that is particularly Instagram friendly. Um, I would say, yeah. I would say book ahead, but the great thing about Chiang Mai is there is so many options. There's so many options. I promise if the place you saw on an Instagram reel isn't available, there's something twice as beautiful down the street. So yeah, don't worry. Yeah. Book in advance, plan ahead, but there will be something there for you. If you get there on the ground, like you said, book at that hotel the first week. There's always a way in Chiang Mai, always. And speaking of always being away, I have to say, when I went to Chiang Mai the first time, I think it was 2018, I had never seen so many cafes, so many places that you could just open your laptop and work. Nowadays, what are some of your favorite places or best places to go for that if you're coming in as like a first time digital nomad? You know, there, you you were right. Um, There, anytime I have somebody visit me, they first thing they point out is there are so many coffee shops here. It is, and maybe this is a larger topic, but Chiang Mai is is an incredibly technologically forward area as far as Wi-Fi goes. Every single place has Wi-Fi. Places you would never think has Wi-Fi has Wi-Fi. It's very, very popular during the day. Cafe culture here is huge. Um, This is both for locals. This is both for foreigners. The place, the thing to do in the day, if you're not out in nature, is you're sitting at a cafe. Um, A few of my favorite places, I would say, and I have to break it down. If you want to be in the city or in the the popular area, there's a place called the Baristol in the Niman area, which is outside of the main city. It's beautiful and they have incredibly strong coffee, which I'm sure for a lot of us who work on our laptops, that's key. Wi-Fi is fantastic. Not even worth mentioning. All the Wi-Fi is great. It really is. Then there's a place um, in a district outside of Chiang Mai called Mei Rim. There's a cafe called Sala Cafe, S-A-L-A. And it is my favorite place to go if I if I have a free day. It's about a 20-minute drive outside the city. Beautiful on a motorbike. It's an outdoor cafe. They hand make all their own cakes. I'm thinking about their coconut cake right now. And you sit outside. Incredible, beautiful Thai architecture and art. Um, those are two of my favorites, but you could come a hundred times, have a hundred different favorite places. It really is a Mecca for coffee and a lot of forward coffee, like that you've never seen before these combinations of like juice and coffee, like all of these things. I was blown away. I saw like a guns and roses or something themed coffee. The last time I was there, I was like, really? 
would would not surprise me. My my gym that I go to has its own coffee shop. Like it's not like a machine, like it has a cafe that's just for that gym. Um, so that is it's pretty common. Yeah, it's 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 everywhere. You're right. Let's talk about gyms for a minute. How is the gym scene in Chiang Mai? Big time, big time. This is actually a, a really great place if you're in the in the fitness. Um, number one, because minus the smoky season, it's always running weather. I'm a big outside runner. And um, honestly, a lot of the thing, if I've thought about leaving Chiang Mai, the ability to continue to 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 run pretty much all year round is something that keeps me here. There are a ton of gyms. They're very affordable, especially day passes. If you're paying per month, it's not that different from a traditional gym in the West, but day passes go for as low as $1.50 US, $2.00. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. And just the fact that they have day passes. I've been to many cities where, no, you have to have the annual membership or you're not touching the swimming pool, you know? No, I think. Let alone touching a machine. (laughs) I think I like fitness in Columbus, Ohio is still charging me $10 a month. So yeah, I think they're, yeah. Yeah. I remember it doesn't exist anymore because it was um, part of a mall that is a dead mall now in Chiang Mai. But uh, there was a gym inside the building that was just offering this hotel swimming pool that was huge with a, a bar next to it as part of the membership. And it was, like you said, like $8 yeah, Harris, a day or something. So my Harris Fitness. I was a member for about a year. Hasn't, yeah. Yes. Thank you for reminding the name. Oh, no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, gyms are um, can go anywhere from big garage style gyms to very, very fancy, high end. Yeah, whatever you need. Awesome. Well, I know this isn't for every worker. Not everybody can work remotely in a co-working space. But do you know some of the top co-working spaces at the moment? Because I know Pun Space, Niman was the original one. Last time I went there, it it no longer existed, but they still had a couple of other locations in the city. What are the trending ones now or the bigger ones you can go to? Okay. So, and this is just from my perspective. So this is, you know, um, there are people who who spend more time in co-working spaces. I would say that they were a lot more popular a few years ago. Not totally sure why. You still have yellow co-working. That is a really, really popular one. That is also in the Nimon area. Um, and then now you have some co-working spaces popping up that are partnering partnering with cannabis places, which has obviously become a massive industry here. Like words cannot describe how there is. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, but I would say that cafe working is probably a little bit more popular than co-working. And from personal experience, trying to find in personal office space in a co-working isn't as easy as one might expect here. Um, I think that, you know, for me, like if I'm having a random power outage, which happens in Thailand and I need an office to work, it's not as easy to find as you would expect. Um, but every cafe is really its own co-working space. Um, there are a ton of co-working meetups. There are cafes that host meetups. So while a place may not specifically be a co-working space, there is always opportunity to co-work. That's great to know. And I'm sure if people are looking for it, they're going to find it there. They're going to find it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about one of my favorite topics, which I know you know a lot about food. Yeah. All right. All right. What are some of your favorite things to eat in Chiang Mai? What are, what recommendations do you have? So the recommendations that I have are. Okay. Let me, I know this is a huge topic for me. You know, my brain, my brain is blowing. Um, 
one of my favorite things about Chiang Mai is the diversity of Chiang Mai. Um, because Chiang Mai is known for having really strong international high schools. Because of that, they attract a lot of people from elsewhere in Asia, Chinese, Japanese, Korean. So because of that, the amount of high quality food from other surrounding countries here is incredible. Obviously, it starts and ends with Thai food. Um, my favorite places, and everyone has a different name for them. Some call them order places. Some call them local. Some call them plastic stoolies are the restaurants on every single corner where you sit at a tiny plastic stool. There is no ground. There's only rocks and dirt. And they don't speak any English. There's pictures on the menu. Your food comes out in three seconds. And it's the best local Thai food you could ever dream of. Those are places that even four years in, I find myself, if I haven't eaten at one in a few days, I go out of my way. Um, obviously, you can't leave Chiang Mai without khao soy. Um, I'm sure that anybody in Chiang Mai who listens to this, when I say my favorite khao soy place will curse at me. My personal is khao soy meisai. This is in the Salty Tom area. It is quite popular, but for me, it's really heavy on the coconut milk, uh, which makes it sweet, which I love. Um, so starts and ends with Thai food. Eat at a local restaurant with plastic stools. That's where the best food is. If you look at it and say, is that a restaurant? Then you know the food's going to be amazing. Um, if you feel like you're sitting in someone's house, that's an extra step up in the quality of the food. Um, and again, like I said, I also spend a lot of time eating a lot of Japanese food, Korean food, Chinese food, because the level of that here is really high as well. Um, it, it's really diverse. As far as Western comfort foods, you will find them. They may vary in quality to what you're used to because they are different ingredients, but there are certainly options, plenty of options. For those who are unfamiliar, what is khao soy? Khao soy is a curry noodle soup. It is the one of the many famous dishes of Chiang Mai. So it is essentially a curry soup mixed with coconut milk, with generally egg noodles, and then your choice of pork, chicken, or beef. The beef khao soy from khao soy meisai. You can thank me later. It's the best. And get a sweet Thai-style coffee along with it. Perfect compliment. Awesome. I know there's also a lot of markets and I'm sure the eating at these is also fabulous. Do you have like a top market that you would recommend people who just go for the first time to check out? So thank you. That was my next one. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, market food is the best. And what I love most is that obviously there is the Sunday night market, right? That is going to be crazy. It's going to be hectic. But the best part is, is that especially at night, no matter what town you're in, there will be a small collection of street carts wherever you go. And you can get something called Mu Ping, which is meat on a stick for five baht. Um, they have fried chickens become very popular here, even like since I've lived here. Um, obviously, there is always fresh fruit being sold. There's always fresh Thai style desserts being sold. Um, so definitely go check out the Sunday night market. Obviously, that's an experience that you need. But you walking around the city will stumble upon a mini market everywhere you go. And that street food is, is really the stuff you'll remember yeah yeah that sunday market too i remember the all the chairs just lined up where you could get a foot massage a shoulder massage a neck massage and we haven't mentioned it but i i know people are aware that massages in thailand are famous and yeah. it's definitely something to enjoy when you go on a vacation or stay a little bit longer yeah absolutely i mean there is i think what there's a really high level of service here in any, in any kind of thing like that um 
there are, and also you're in that kind of market, the environment, you know, the sort of adrenaline and the things going on, you really, it's really exciting. You eat a lot, you shop. Um, anytime I'm going home to visit my family, I go to the night market and I buy everything for my nieces and nephews all in one swoop. So that's my, that's my routine. Yeah. What is your favorite Thai food? Um, ooh, okay. I, I know that this is an answer we've already talked about. I've thought about it. I believe that Kaosoy Maysai is the best Kaosoy in Chiang Mai and Chiang Mai is known for Kaosoy. So whenever I'm eating it, I always tell myself that you're eating the best kind of this dish in the world. Um, I would say that if I was getting kicked out of the country and I had 15 minutes, I would go to Kaosoy Maysai. I think that's the one for me. It really is. Um, the other thing I would say, just a normal Thai food, not necessarily Northern Thai specific, would be something called Pak Kapow, which is the Thai equivalent of an everyday lunch. Um, I eat it three or four times a week. It is stir fried meat, mostly pork here. It's generally what you want to do with basil, chili topped with rice with a runny egg on top. Um, it is the turkey sandwich. It is, it is what people eat most often. For every Pad Thai I eat in four years, I've had 50 of those, really. So... I think that would be in my my bucket list Thai food. A big spicy plate of that and a bowl of cassoy. Wow, you're definitely making me hungry now. Okay, we really could do an entire show on food yeah. only in Chiang Mai, but thank you for sharing those nuggets sure. that you already have. Um, I want to talk a little bit about like typical weekly things to do and day trips like you yeah. mentioned before. So we already talked about massages, going to markets, eating your heart out all week long, all month long. What else could you do in Chiang Mai? Um, okay, so I would say the best part about Chiang Mai is where it's located, which is right up against incredibly beautiful mountains. Um, you really can't escape the view. They're kind of watching you everywhere you go. Um, in my day off, I will generally get on the motorbike and I will go visit a variety of places. There is uh, a place called May Rim, which is where that coffee shop I talked about is. It's right up against the mountains. You've got, obviously, can't talk about food anymore. They got amazing food. But you'll have waterfalls, you'll have hikes, you'll have scenic areas, you'll have cafes that are on top of a river with a waterfall. Um, I would say the best thing to do in a day in Chiang Mai is you eat, you explore, and you got to go get outside. Go get up in the mountains, go enjoy that. If you're comfortable on a motorbike, rent one of those. Please wear a helmet, be safe. I honestly, I'm not trying to sound like a dad. I see it every day. Um, take that stuff seriously, get a motorbike go explore, get out in the mountains. Uh, there's no place in the world like it. Yeah. Yeah. There are also a lot of drivers. There's uh, an app called Grab, which is like Uber. So if you don't feel like driving a scooter or you can't ride a scooter, there, there's ways to get the places that you need to go outside and enjoy. Like you said. The, the convenience of it and that Grab that you spoke about is like Uber. You're talking, if you wanted to use a car, I use the motorbike grabs if I'm going out for a night. So you get on the back of a motorbike, um, but you're talking two or three US dollars to get across the city sometimes for those prices in a car. So yes, everywhere you go. I know people that don't drive exclusively use grab day-to-day -day life. Yeah. And it's great too, if you want to go drink or you want to enjoy yourself and, and party, it's, you know, making it so much safer. If, absolutely. I mean, knowing it's it's easier now if I'm going out, I'm always taking a grab home. And if I take a motorbike, it's sometimes less than a dollar fifty US to get to get home. Yeah. 
Let's talk about nightlife for a moment, because I do remember when I went, I was surprised. I thought there'd be more of a club scene because I just pictured partying and all these tourists coming together. Like that's what I would find. What is it actually like in Chiang Mai in terms of that? So I will say that I think this, this goes not just for the nightlife, but this goes for Chiang Mai as a whole. My favorite thing about Chiang Mai is it can truly be whatever you want it to be. I know that's like, I'm not working for the tourism board. I really mean that. When it comes to nightlife, I mean, I am not a club person. I recently turned 30. I have retired from that life. I have hung up my boots. I haven't been to a club in years, um, but I have friends that go every weekend. We base the nightlife on what you want to drink. Um, so for example, if I'm in a mood for craft beer, there are a million different craft beer, not a million. There's many different craft beer spots I can go. If I want a local Thai experience with live music and Thai beer and meat on a stick, thousands of places I can go. If I want a cocktail bar, there's a new cocktail and wine scene that's really emerging here. It's fascinating. A younger generation of chefs, younger generations of, of, of bar owners that are opening up places post-COVID. Um, so when I decide of what I want to do when I go out, it's what do I want to drink tonight? And that, that's how I decide. And I go to a different place based on that. So there's truly everything you could want from a rooftop, you want to pay a lot for a fancy cocktail, to drinking beer with a chicken running across your feet, you can not only choose that, you can do them both in the same night. That's what I love most about this city, I think. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so great to hear if you're coming in, you're like, but it's not the biggest city. It's not Bangkok. What am I going to do? Like, what can't you do? Can't you do? Exactly. It's, it's, it's truly, it can be whatever you want it to be, especially socially. Yeah. Great. Well, I wanted to ask about the locals in Chiang Mai. Sure. Do you think it's sure. easy for expats and digital nomads to connect with the locals? Um. Yeah. Well, first of all, yes. I don't mean to hesitate. I just thinking on what level people here are incredibly, incredibly kind and welcoming. I mean, the bad experiences I've had, I can't even think of over four years. Um, it's not as English forward as a city like Bangkok would be. Um, there are certain areas, especially get outside of town where English is more difficult to come by, but there's always a way. There's always translations. It's never really been an issue. If you're staying long-term, I would say every expat who's gotten here has been here for a long time will tell you the one regret they have, they didn't start learning Thai sooner. It really opens up. And I've been taking lessons now for less than six months. Um, obviously I picked up quite a bit here and there, my Thai is terrible, just terrible, but I survive day to day. Um, but it gets you to a deeper level of understanding about the city, being able to go about your day, order things in Thai, speak to people a little bit, kind of um, makes it feel more like you're part of the city rather than a tourist or an outsider. Um, so I would say it's doable on a vacation. English is certainly doable for more of a digital nomad area. Even, even watch YouTube videos to learn common phrases. Anything you can do to kind of help, help they'll recognize that and immediately will, will be more welcoming. Yeah. They really appreciate any any kind of effort when it comes to Thai language, yeah. Fantastic. And if I want to connect with other digital nomads or expats, what's the best way to plug into the city if you're arriving by yourself? Facebook groups. I know it's strange because I, I like I said, I, I didn't really use Facebook before I came here. There are meetups, there are hikes, there are writing uh, there are writing workshops, there are painting classes, there are language exchanges, there are parties, there are events, there's everything you can think of. 
Chiang Mai, if you want to come here and hide away for five years and not see another expat, you can do it. If you want to come in and make a big group of friends and be social every day, you can do it. It really has has everything. Yeah. Fantastic. I feel like you've already answered this in so many ways, but sure. what is it that you love about Chiang Mai? What caused you to stay after coming in 2019, going through the whole pandemic? Yeah, you know, I, I think I've said a lot of nice things about the city. Um, um, I think for me, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned about the nightlife. It doesn't have to do with nightlife, but Chiang Mai can be whatever you want it to be um, any day you want it to be that. What I mean is there are days where um, I wake up and, and maybe you just want to be outside. You want to be out in nature. I got on the motorbike. I want to eat cow soy off a tiny plastic stool. I don't want to hear anyone else speak English. I want to grab a bunch of random drinks that I can't pronounce from the local 7-Eleven. And then there are other days where I want to put on a shirt that actually has a collar and, you know, maybe spray some cologne for the first time in a while, go out to a cocktail bar. You can do any of that. Um, and, what I love is that anything that you become interested in Chiang Mai, there seems to be a group of people that are also interested in it. Um, like I said, I really kind of older I'm getting, fallen in love with running. And now there are spaces where I will go for a night run and there are hundreds of other Thai people. Everyone is wearing their marathon shirts that they've recently run. I just ran a 10K race. I'm signed up for another half marathon. Those are constantly going on. Um it really can be whatever experience you want it to be. It's an incredibly diverse city in pretty much any way you can think of. You certainly make it sound like a very comfortable place to live or even stay a little while and get your first taste of Chiang Mai. It, it Thank is. you, Elliot. Think, of course, of course, of course. And I think one more note is that I'm sure a lot of people listening have experience um, in other countries, but obviously Chiang Mai, there's quite a language barrier. You are often on the other side of the world. It is not, things are not always going to be easy. Um, things may be difficult. Setting up a phone may be annoying. You may be stressed when you get a bill you can't translate. You may not know how to do this, but I think that goes with everywhere. Um, and there's always people to help. There's always resources. Um, anything can be done. So, yeah. And people understand. Others have been there before, so they're there to help there too. Any experience you're going through, there's 20 expats who've been through the same thing. So just ask, yeah. All right. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share with us before we go? No, I think that's it. I think I, I think I talked it up. It, it to me is is one of the most wonderful, wonderful places in the world. Um, I think that there are times where, like any other city, it's not easy. Um, you know, I think maybe coming here and thinking that everything is going to be perfect, easy, and wonderful would be incorrect. But um, if you put in the effort, Chiang Mai always gives it back. So. All right. That is such a great note to end on. Thank you so much, Elliot, for joining us and yeah. wishing you a great time in Chiang Mai. Keep enjoying it. Oh, I hope to see anybody else who's coming soon. Feel free to reach out, look me up. I'll take you eating. And so that's pretty much the only thing I'm good at. So, yeah. Oh, where can people find you if they want to follow you? People, okay, that's fair. People can find me on Instagram at, at Elsnay, E-L-S-N-A-Y. Um, if you like Instagram stories of food, that's where you want to go. Shoot me a message if you're coming. I'm more than happy to show you around. Nothing makes me more proud than to show a place that I'm really happy to call home. So yeah, reach out, please. All right. Thank you, Elliot. Of course. My pleasure. Happy to talk to you.